go. Fucking. We'll just go. make an avatar and get you going. Let's go. What's up? Welcome to the Moviecation Podcast. Uh, Tyler, you'll hear why I'm apologizing to you when I edit this, but I am sorry for the intro. Um, I'm Brady. I'm Cole. I'm, I'm Tyler, and now I'm extremely worried. What? Say your name, oh, damn it. I'm Lydia. Oh yeah, this this uh, Cole's fucking roommate's back. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Great. What's up? The star so, of the okay. show. Don't just refer to her as Cole's roommate. She is the star of the show. We already established. First off, let's congratulate ourselves for fucking winning Apple's mo- podcast of the year, or whatever it was. With their beautiful write-up that probably got us all canceled and everything. Yeah. Um, and then Cole decided to post it on Facebook and like act like he actually does something on the show. Yeah. Uh, and then the police burn. were at my door. <laughs> so Cole, you said there was some news that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So apparently Wonder Woman 3 got canceled. Like Thank this, God. this just dropped like 10 minutes ago. I'm just like, all right, cool. I don't give a shit. The first movie was okay. The second one was okay. I I don't care. Mid. Good. Yeah. I hope they cancel everything else that was pre-James Gunn. Let them yeah. restart. I'm excited for Blue Beetle, though. It's going to be a good one. Never heard of it. Of course you haven't. Yeah, because there's more to life than shitty comic book movies. Is there? No, there's Speaking not. of shitty comic book movies, I watched one. It was called Borbius. <laughs> I actually, watch, I actually didn't watch it uh, all the way i literally made it 30 minutes into the movie got so fucking annoyed and pissed off by it that i turned it off i um, i will say no I no will... i'm still talking i'm okay. still talking okay because it's it's just it's an unwatchable piece of shit like it literally in a post mcu world like don't get me wrong this movie came out in 2001 ish it probably would have worked, but in a post-MCU world, it looks like they literally were like, hey, let's make Blade a white guy and sell it at Walmart for 10 cents. That's what this movie felt like. And uh, also, Jared Leto, Jared Leto is a piece of shit for his little behind-the-scenes antics with his method acting about like making people push him in a wheelchair and using crutches because he had to go to the bathroom and shit like that. Like... No, you have legs that work. You are an able-bodied person. It is super offensive and disrespectful for you to be doing that. Like, I hope a disabled person beats you with their crutches. I really do. <laughs> but I like, watch seriously, I know, I know, like the 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 guy from um, Breaking Bad, R.J. Mitty, who plays Walt Jr. The the condition that Walt Jr. has, he really has in real life. I've met him in real life at Walker Stalker Con. And he actually talked about, he did a panel with Giancarlo Esposito about Breaking Bad. And they someone asked him what it was like to play the character and all that with his condition and all that. And he's like, it was just like living life because that's what I had. He said the only problem he had with it was the fact that he had to use his crutches again because he worked so hard to get himself out of his crutches. So it felt like he wasn't mad. It was just like, it took him a minute to like get used to being back in them essentially. And he has and so I was like, cerebral palsy, right? I'm pretty sure um, it might be something along the lines of that. 
Um, but it was interesting to hear him like speak about how like, you know, when you have roles like this, it, it, it was cool that they hired someone like myself who actually has what they wrote into the show and not someone that is Jared Leto pretending to have it. Um, yeah. So Morbius was trash. I, I will say, I applaud you for at least giving it a try. I applaud you for at least sitting down to attempt to watch it. I don't think it's a good movie, but I, I don't think it's as Stop bad. Stop trying to justify you, the shittiness. I'm, I'm not justifying it. I'm not justifying it. I do like the memes that have come out of it. Yeah, the memes are the best part, but at the same time... I do like that as a, co- as a collective society, we bullied a studio to re-release it only to not go see it again <laughs> i didn't know it was only they only re-released it for one weekend i was pissed i was gonna go see it again <laughs> oh my god you're the only you one who took that seriously as someone who okay as someone who has read the comics as someone who knows morbius Jared Leto did. You lost me there already. That's all. That's all. That's no. all I'm saying. I I the hate not good, but he was the best part movies. about it. Well, we don't I hate like people. Jared Leto. I like. I hate people Joker. who review comic book movies, and the first thing they say is, "Well, it's someone who read the comics." These movies aren't made for people who read the comics. These movies are dumbed down to say, like, oh, we know you probably didn't read the entire Infinity Saga, so here's two hours of it, so you get the idea. I'm still pissed that they cut so much out of that fucking shit. Oh, my God. We're if, get, they, we're if, get, they, we're, if they made it we're, accurate to the comics, we would have, like, 60 fucking movies by now. We, we Adam Warlock should have been in Infinity War. Instead, we're not getting him until the next Guardians. Yeah, and he looks like pissed. shit. Dude's the oh. keeper of the soul stone, and he's over here looking like. Wait, he's the keeper of the soul soul stone. Uh, yeah, he lives inside the soul stone well, in the he's comics. Doing a pretty shit job. Well, he's because they changed it for the movie. I'll have you know. I'll have you know. I posted my Morbius review on my Instagram, like I always do. Most movies that I watch, and it is now up to 110 people viewing it. I've gotten three heart reactions a laugh emoji reaction and another guy going i might check it out now just simply off of this review so <laughs> love that it's the year of morbius no it's, it's not, not. <laughs> clearly morbius two more bs more bs if they make yeah. a second one i <laughs> hope no one goes to see it Morbius um, it's morbing time. Before before we get to the other movies and things like that, um, I think my fucking headphones are about to die. Cool. That's great. Love that for me. Um, have you guys watched anything else lately that isn't the usual movies that you were supposed to watch but probably took a nap instead? Nope, can't say I have. <laughs> I've seen like the first two, three episodes of Wednesday. I like. I like. Yeah, but have you seen more than one episode of Andor? I don't want to talk about Andor. But have you seen more than one episode? No, I have not. Of literally the best reviewed TV show of the year. I don't care if it's the best reviewed TV show of the millennia. Of literally the best thing Star Wars has made in the past five years. (laughs) Okay. You're literally. You're literally the only person that says otherwise. You are literally. I've, I've heard it from other people too, man. Well, other people are I'm going to give it a shot eventually. I just, I don't know. 
I just watched one episode and it wasn't what I expected. I don't. So I'm, I'm not a fan of Rogue One. It. That's the I, thing. This is very. How are you not it? a? Because this feels like you when you're trying to defend Marvel movies. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> did you just say you're not a fan of Rogue One? I like it. I don't think it's the best thing Disney's done with the uh, with Star Wars. It. it uh, I don't give a shit about Disney. It, like stop. Uh, let the dumbest thing I've ever heard people say too is. Well, Disney Star Wars. No, it's all Star Wars at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if Lucasfilm made it. It doesn't matter if the mouse made it. It's Star Wars. Okay? okay. Not Disney Star Wars. Not not Disney Star Wars. It's just Star Wars. And it is the best thing Star Wars has ever done because I don't know. They actually have a war in the movie for once. That's and not I just like a bunch it. of I don't people like talking. wars. I don't like war movies. Oh, that is the. F- mm, my God. George Lucas literally wrote it as a fucking allegory for the fucking Vietnam War. I know it's he supposed did. to be a war movie from the start. I know not a bunch of people. But Rogue talking. One made it a full on. And you know movie. what? Someone actually made a war movie, and you're like, eh, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not. <laughs> Solo is the best Star Wars thing Disney has done. I'm loving you. Again, you're trying to you're trying to justify it by saying Disney versus not Disney. It literally it's all Star Wars at the end of the day. I can make a Star Wars movie and somehow put it in canon, and boom, it's a Star Wars movie. It's not a Brady presents Disney presents Star Wars movie. It's a Star Wars movie. It's all it is. We should make that. (laughs) No, because Cole wouldn't like it. Because I would actually, I don't know, go the one while rogue one route too and make it a trench warfare movie because that was actually fucking fun for once mm-hmm. not oh my god the senate's after us again for six movies look i like star wars don't get three. me wrong whatever i like star wars don't get me wrong but uh, i don't know i just rogue one is honestly one of the best star wars properties out there and the fact that like andor is just giving you pre-Rogue One and it's supposed to lead exactly up to the start of Rogue One by the end of the next season because it's only going to be two seasons is amazing to me. It's better than Boba Fett because God knows they had to bring in Mandalorian just to get anybody to watch that it's show. It's barely even a Boba Fett show. Um, Mando 2.5. Obi-Wan was good. And as, and as, much as, as much as I liked Obi-Wan we talked about this last week. It, I kind of forgot that it came out this year. That's fair. Yeah. Like it seemed like it happened so quick. And then. Yeah. Cause it was fucking six yeah. episodes. I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. It's the same shit with the, uh, the Santa Claus's sequel, the Santa Claus sequel on Disney plus right now. It shit's the shit's over next week. It just started. I'm like, the fuck? I know why you don't like Rogue One. And I know why you don't like Andor. I like it. You I just really don't want, love it. No, like no, everyone I else. know why you don't like it. Why? Because it's too adult for you. <laughs> That's not, no. Yes. Think, uh, look, look, Rogue One is the most mature Star Wars movies there, Star Wars movie there is. Okay. Also in Rogue, also in Andor, they, for the first time, had someone cuss in Star I, Wars. I did hear about that. They also had people, they implied sexual relationships in Star Wars. And I just read this week that uh, the lady who plays Harry's aunt is in Andor, 
and I think she dies or something. I haven't caught up yet, but spoiler, I think she dies in this episode. And before she dies, she says for like uh, for the rebellion or something like that, or fight the rebellion or something like that. But she, the original line was supposed to be fuck the rebellion, but Disney, because Disney's a little bitch made them cut it because they didn't like the F word because it was too adult. Disney, I mean, that would change the Shut rating. the fuck up. I don't, it's already TVMA. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, oh is yeah, it really? Most of those, most of the Star Wars shows have been TVMA advertised. Mm. Oh, then never mind. Add a couple more while they're at it. Yeah. But because Disney does like, we like to market our shit to little kids. Even though Star Wars is very much an adult, like a little kid's just going to sit there and be like, oh, lazy. Uh, I shit my pants again. Where I mean, like do the, same the thing, actual but... <laughs> the actual audience for Star Wars is adults. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So let them say fuck. Let them shit their pants. Let's all say fucking shit our pants. Fuck. Um, <laughs> shit. I also watched anyway. I also this week watched this. Well, since the last time we did the podcast. I watched a movie by, uh, do you guys know who um, David Cronenberg is? I know the name. Sounds familiar. Cole says he's a film person. Doesn't know who Cronenberg is. Cronenberg is known for doing body horror. His most famous work is called Scanners. It has the infamous scene of a newscaster talking and all of a sudden he starts shaking and then his head explodes. Nope. one of the most infamous horror scenes ever um he did a movie called that came out earlier this year starring vigo morrison yeah i think my headphones are about to die cool vigo morrison um kristen stewart and some other people and it's called crimes of the future and buddy let me tell you this movie was fucking weird um so basically Vigo Morrison, I, I'm probably saying his name wrong. Um, you mean Aragorn, the guy who plays? Yeah, Aragorn? yeah, just that guy. Him. He can grow useless organs, and so then he like does body art presentations, where like his girlfriend or whatever she is, like performs surgery on him. And like removes the organs for artistic purposes. And he also like cannot digest food properly or something like that. So he has to sit in like a chair and it like shakes him around like this while he eats um, (laughs) to help digest the food. And then there's also some like subplot about eating microplastics in it. I don't know. And the movie ends with him like all of a sudden just deciding to eat microplastics. And he's like, I can eat again properly. And I'm yeah. just like, okay. I, I Kristen Stewart literally gives the worst performance I've ever seen in my life. Like I'm like 99.999999% sure she's reading off of cue cards the entire movie because she's like, but you can't grow organs. And I'm like, so what? Why, why are you channeling good old Bella Swan again? No, she was no. great in that movie. Okay. 
Anyways, go on, Brady. This is the episode I get canceled. Uh, <laughs> canceled. So, just told to shut the fuck up a bunch. <laughs> my review, my review for that movie was, I'm not gonna lie. I this, I gave it two stars on the letterbox. By the way, I said I'm not gonna lie. I this movie was really good, or um, this movie wasn't good, or I'm really really dumb. I think I understood about two percent of what happened. Other than that, eh, I don't know. Also, the graphicness of the surgical scenes were triggering to me, which, to be honest, I found odd given the, a more sci-fi approach to it compared to an episode of ER or Grey's Anatomy. Uh, there was an early 2000s sci, uh, sci-fi vibe that I was enjoying, though. Like, it had, like, it had, like, a good vibe to it, but other than that, it was just fucking weird. Um, I also watched that movie on Netflix called Me Time, starring Kevin Hart and marky mark um it's literally the most kevin hart and marky mark movie you could ever think of uh the, it it was bad it, and yet somehow the worst part was there was a dude wearing a bald cap at the end of the movie and that was the worst part of the movie was this dude's bald cap <laughs> like there was a part where i was like so you're trying to be the hangover because like they brought in like some guy i'm sorry but i'm gonna say it they brought in an Asian guy like they did in The Hangover to come get money that he's owed and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, so you're trying to be The Hangover, but not funny. Got it. Um, I also watched... I watched that movie called The Good Nurse. And I gave that one four stars. The movie was really good. I highly recommend it for you guys. I know it's a drama movie, but it's also a true crime movie, so I'm sure it's not up everyone's alley. My mother but, really liked it. I mean, it's really good. It is a really good movie. Um, she also said another, it was a show. I don't think she knows what she's talking about. I think a lot of old people called movie shows, but that's just yeah. me. Um, so I said, as a true crime thriller, this movie was actually really good. From the start of this movie, I was stressed. The movie opens with a patient crashing, um, and it's not like crashing in a wall, like literally dying. And it's yeah. three to five minutes of just doctors and nurses rushing into the room and seeing that from a different point of view, which is like my parents' point of view of me going through shit um, and not the patient's point of view. Like, oh, look at all these people running into my room um it was very stressful like i fucking hated it um i was like oh god this is this is hard to get through um i also think the setting of the icu and the constant noise of a hospital really helped build some of the tension or dread throughout the movie because i don't know if you like if you've never been into a hospital like as a patient staying for a long time um or the icu or whatever it's literally just constant like noises from like machines and shit like that. And they, they nailed it pretty well. Like there's just no dead silence in this fucking hospital at all, which is where most of the movie takes place because he's, he's a nurse that kills people. All right. Jessica Chastain is phenomenal in this. I legit saw, could see nurses. I've had and nurses. I know personally within her character, Eddie Redmayne was good as well. But his he has this like one scene where he's getting interviewed by the police and he just starts screaming, I can't like a billion times. Like it was fucking creepy. Um, so that was the scene that did it for me. 
I think where the movie kind of lost me a little was its commentary on the American medical system slash hospitals. It seemed like it had an idea of a point it wanted to make, but never actually made the point and therefore became kind of confusing on what they were trying to say as a bigger picture kind of thing. Also, a friend of mine that I talked to about this movie, who is a nurse, told me night shift nurses work without lights a lot. But even the hospital's conference room in this movie barely had any light. That slightly bothered me the entire movie. It was a dark-ass movie, dude. Like, there was no lights on in this hospital. And my nurse friend was like, yeah, they work without lights all the time in the um, hospital for night shift. And I'm like, yeah, no. There's, like, no lights on. (laughs) Um, And then... I watched the documentary because there's a movie with Jessica Chastain and then their Netflix like a month later released a documentary about it um, about the actual case and uh, I gave that one three I gave the movie four stars I gave the documentary three stars I suggest you just watch the movie it was a little bit better sounds good um I watched Death on a Not Death on the Nile, which is Kenneth Branagh doing Attica Christie books or whatever. It's the sequel to um, Murder on the Orient Express. Are those uh, any good? I've been meaning to check those out. See, it's an adult movie. You haven't watched it. Oh, Point made. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Is it supposed no, to be like a direct sequel to Murder on the Orient? No, it just shares the. Um, character that Kenneth Burnoff plays Q Pro or whatever his name is uh the cinematography was good um the color palette was good after that I don't give a shit about this movie um I say watch see how they run it was the better whodunit of the year that is until Glass Onion comes out because I've heard that's really good um because Netflix already released in theaters for like a week uh, I also watched, I gave that movie three stars. I also watched this movie on Peacock. It was a Peacock original called Meet Cute. It starred Kaylee Cuoco or whatever her name is. And Davidson. And, it, and it was uh, depressing as hell. I don't know. It was a time, like she found a tanning bed that was a time machine. Oh. That allowed her to go back in time for 24 hours only. And I guess instead of killing herself, she decided to date Pete Davidson for a year. (laughs) Sounds awful. Um, It. (laughs) I gave. I don't mind Pete Davidson. Get out of here. He's a genuinely entertaining guy. No. Get out of here. Have a good face. Get out of here. Um, Like. Anyway, I gave that movie half a star, and I said this movie literally just ended, and I already forgot it. Terrible, like it was. It was bad and depressing and dumb. And then my final movie before we get into our other movies, um, is I saw Bros this week. Finally, how was it? I gave it three stars, and I was very disappointed in it. Um, Three is a solid medium. I give three threes to movies that I don't know if I like them or hate them. So 
I'll be honest, I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. My number one movie of all time, which is Chasing Amy, is a romantic comedy. So I was excited to see a major studio tackle a rom-com that was LGBTQ plus positive and hired openly LGBTQ plus actors to play the roles. Um, unfortunately for me, this movie kind of just fell flat in the comedic department and seemed like whenever a joke wouldn't work, which felt often Billy Eichner would just do a version of his Billy on the street bit. And then the movie would just move to the next scene. Uh, there were a few moments in this movie that are related to a little too much that got a laugh for me though. And it wasn't like, ha ha, that's funny. It was like, ha ha, that's awkward. Holy shit. Okay. Um, uh, I think the story is a bit messy too, or maybe just could have had a second draft before filming. For example, Billy Eichner's character is a, is a podcaster, but he's also opening an LGD, LGBTQ plus history museum. Personally, I think the museum storyline is a stronger storyline, so they could have dropped the podcasting part altogether to help flow the movie a little better. The movie seemed like it had a solid idea, but the writing and editing of it just didn't work well. Also, um, I was talking to a friend about it too. It kind of like came off as condescending to its audience a little bit and like a bit rude too like so billy eichner is essentially playing the flamboyant gay guy you know the guy who loves will and grace knows everything about actors and he's playing billy eichner yes he, he's playing billy eichner <laughs> and his love interest is a jock style type guy like channing tatum body style things like that and and so they like there's a there's a point in the movie that really kind of bothered me a little bit um and it happened a few times but they were talking about like movies and music and things like that and he was like billy eichner goes what's your favorite uh artist or whatever and he his love interest goes uh garth brooks or and Billy Eichner was like, are you gay? Like, are you really gay? And I was like, that, like, what? Yeah, but the whole point of the movie, wasn't it to, like, go off of gay stereotypes? No, the whole point of the movie was to make a studio, to uh, make a major studio, make a LGBTQ plus positive movie with an all positive, with a cast. It was that supposed to be positive, but it was definitely supposed to be making fun of gay stereotypes. Yeah, that's kind of what I got from... That's what yeah, I got from here's the, here's the thing. Here is the thing. And I will argue this point because I, it it bothers me. That Think about being a young gay person watching that movie. And like, you just, you don't have the... You don't have the same upbringing as someone else. So you do like people like Garth Brooks and stuff like that. So when someone goes, are you even gay because you listen to country music? You're going to question yourself. Like it's it's shitty to do, like it's a shitty thought process to have, and they did it a few times in the movie where like he was like, oh, I like The Hangover, that's my favorite movie. He's like, I, you're not gay, you can't be gay if you like The Hangover, and I'm just like, just just because he had a different upbringing than you because he doesn't isn't in the show tunes and things like that, like it just felt really offensive to me, and I, I know that's not what they were going for, but that's what it felt like. I don't know. It it feels like that's setting it up for like the usual, like, you know, lesson at the end of the movie, like 
but there was no the way they are yeah or like the whole opposites attract kind of shit yeah but there that wasn't even it either the lesson was, oh my god, I got the boy because I was an idiot in the end. So you're like your standard rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then why did they like basically talk down to their audience the entire time? Because most know. of I... their audience is straight people. The allies who don't really understand what's happening, let's be real. Yeah. But here's my other issue with the two. It's kind of like the same issue that I had with Don't Worry Darling. It's the marketing for it. Uh, Billy Eichner went on a huge like thing during the marketing campaign about how, and they do it throughout the movie too, about how anytime they make a, a gay-centric movie, the characters are usually played by straight people mm-hmm. and all that. He's complete, and, he, and someone finally asked him about what about the LGD, LGBTQ plus cinema that's happening in indie film? And he goes, oh, that doesn't count. Well, why not? Just because it's indie doesn't mean it v- doesn't validate the experiences that they're doing or that is going on over there. Or, you know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't. Like, it does. No, it doesn't at all. It doesn't. No, at but like. At the same time, because it's not mainstream, you're like the majority of people are not going to watch it. Yeah, your majority of people are not going to watch it, but doesn't mean it's not a thing that is a thriving market. And for him to just completely ignore it, like Olivia Wilde saying, oh, yeah, this this fucking don't worry, darling, is completely about women's pleasure when it's very much not about women's pleasure. Not like it's the same. It's on the same wavelength there. And that's, uh, I don't know. I had high hopes for it, and then it just didn't work for me. Um, That's all the extras that I watched. This is probably going to be a short episode. I don't know. Let's talk about Krampus first and get it out of the way. Um, I actually watched it for the first time earlier today. And, you know, um, it features Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Kreichner, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, Ketchner. Ketchner. Um, Todd Packer from The Office. That's that's, that's literally Ketchner. who I just said. <laughs> well, I don't know his name. <laughs> um, I think that's like the big main actors of it all. Yeah. Um, it's a PG-13 Christmas horror movie. And it instead of santa claus it's krampus or krampus or whatever his name is and honestly for a pg-13 horror movie it wasn't that bad um i'm not a huge fan of pg-13 horror movies just because most of them are pretty shit um yeah but this one was actually kind of fun there's some funny moments not like haha funny or anything like that just like situationally funny was not like super creepy which was um, probably the PG 13ness of it. Um, it's probably something I would add to my like watch list every year to change things up on Christmas movies. Uh, like once you actually get to see Krampus towards the end of the movie, pretty cool design, I would think. It reminded me a lot of Evil Dead for some reason. Like it just had that like 
vibe to it especially yeah. like with everyone like getting sucked underground or whatever that was going on yeah it felt very evil dead to me i probably the only thing i didn't really like about it was the ending it just yeah. i never really understood what happened in the end um tyler remind you he like wakes up after telling krampus that he wants to take his wish back or whatever yeah and okay. then like everyone's like happy and excited for christmas and then you find out they're in like a snow globe yeah, but they all like that. know that they're in the so, snow globe what i had read online apparently what that ending is supposed to signify it's that the all those snow globes those are the like families he's visited or spared or whatever and he keeps the snow globes to keep an eye on them that's what I read. I'm just like, I don't know. They they don't convey that at all. No, because what I got from it without like reading it online would be like they were stuck in a time loop or something. That's another theory. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they were like, like aware a... of it too. Yeah, the, the, yeah, they were aware of the events. Like he keep they Krampus lets him keep the bell. Like he leaves him the bell. Like, yeah, remember this. And they all see the bell and they're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Also, the fact that, like, the the daughter character, like, just dies in the beginning and they, they're like, yeah, we need to go find her. And then, like, really don't really do much else with that storyline. Yeah. Like, you don't show her ever again. I'm like, oh, okay. You're Until the gone. end. I mean, it was fun. I'm yes. glad I waited five years to watch it. <laughs> That's so what I, I remember about it was just it being a fun movie. Like it wasn't the best or anything like that, but it, it was a fun watch. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine showed me this a couple of years ago. So I had actually seen this before and I liked it then. I like it now. It's a, it's a fun little Christmas horror movie. It's not too scary, but there's some stuff in there that's like, okay, this isn't bad, you know? Yeah, his little like minion cool. thingies were kind of creepy. The friggin' gingerbread dudes freaked me out. They weren't freaky, but they were annoying, and I didn't like their little voices. That's what I didn't like. I didn't like that the grandma knew what the fuck was up the entire time and didn't say shit. <laughs> grandma was like, nah, hey, y'all hey, on your own. Hey, you, would they really have done anything differently? They still would have been like, we don't believe this crazy old lady. That's fair. Also, yeah. I didn't like that, like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. And a little annoying that the grandma was speaking like German the entire time and they would just respond to her in English. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. Cause I feel like that's more, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of natural. Like that's because they, yeah, but it, you find language. out that they People only do it. it. You find out that they only do it because she could speak English the entire time. And it's like, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a pretty common thing though. in like first generation families and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like you can, and maybe, you know, if they hadn't shown her speaking English, I would have just assumed she could understand it. She just can't speak it. Yeah. Because that's pretty that's common, movie. too. I think it, it weirdly also kind of reminded me of, like, Christmas Vacation in a weird way with, like, all the family members there. Yes. Like that, that dinner scene, that was when I texted you guys and I was like, this is the worst group of people ever. Because, like, they're, like, beating the shit out of this little kid. And like, then they read his note and they're like, oh, he actually cares about us. 
Yeah, I wanted those. I wanted those fucking kids to die. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was so funny and stereotypical how they killed the fat kid by hanging a fucking gingerbread man. And he actually went for it. I actually laughed a lot at that scene because, like, I don't know, watching him actually take a bite out of that thing, you could tell it was like some foam prop. Yeah, had to actually bite into it. I was like, "Oh, that poor kid, he had to eat foam for this movie." It's very uh Willy Wonka ish. Yeah, fucking Augustus Gloop. <laughs> the kid's introduction was annoying though. as hell, though. Like, how are you he doing, was. Jimmy? And he just stares at him the entire time. Like Augustus Gloop. Yep. Just like I'm eating. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, but awesome. yeah, good movie. I don't know if it was in that specific scene, but they used two fucking sound effects that I could knock it off. It was the like fucking Looney Tunes yeah, sound you, effects. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's the Looney Tunes sound effects. Like, I think when they pull them up the chimney, there's like one, one they of go those. Like, yeah, it's like a Looney yeah, Tunes. Yeah, I noticed that when like they pulled the slide whistle. <laughs> the, when they pulled the ant or whatever she was like out of the window, you would hear. Whoop. I was like, what's this? It just, it was so like out of the blue, like it didn't match. It the wasn't vibes. because it was like, I get what you're saying, but it also wasn't because it was like essentially toys. Um, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay, that yeah. works. So it makes sense in a weird way. I don't know. It was actually, like I said, I'm glad I waited like five years to watch it because it came out in like 2015 or whatever. Yeah, and it was super hyped, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll wait." <laughs> it's a it's a good little Christmas movie. Definitely put it on if you want something a little scary for for the holidays. Oh, I know one thing that bugged me. He sent the dog after that fucking Jack in the Box, and I was like, "Why would you do that? The dog's immediately gonna get eaten, and it lasted five seconds, and you're the little like, ah! and you're like, why would you do that?" Yeah, that was fucked up. Like, I know you're all going to die eventually, but you didn't have to send the dog out like that. That was my biggest complaint. Surprised Brady didn't say anything about that, to be honest. I as mean, against killing animals as you are. I knew it was going to happen as soon as the dog in the movie. I was like, oh, this dog's not living. <laughs> <laughs> Does the dog and die? Like, I dog? am against it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but... I don't know, they handled it well because they didn't show it on screen, unlike the Northmen where they're like, let's fucking take five minutes to watch you cut this cow's head off. Next, we watched Violent Night. Who wants to go first about that? You gotta you gotta sum it up first. Go for it, Cole. Okay. So, basically, what this, mo- this movie stars David Harbour as, as Santa Claus. He's kind of getting a little o- over the whole Christmas thing. You know, kids are getting older. They're wanting video games, gift cards, all all this stupid shit. Cash. You know, so he's a little down on his luck. He's movie opens with him drink, just drinking at the bar. And he's he's like, in a from the get go, I'm like, okay, I like this. It's you don't see you don't really see a lot of movies where Santa's just like done. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this bullshit. Is, and he flat out says it. He's like, "This might be the last Christmas. Like, I can't do this anymore." God, I fucking love this movie. God, aren't you supposed to be summarizing? Probably. 
but no as it as it goes on uh we we cut we cut to this family they're going going to the dad's place for going to the dad's mom's place for christmas turns out the family's you know loaded real really rich old money uh eventually john Legazamo shows up with his, with his little army it, they kid they hold the family hostage he's like give me the money i want the money i'm gonna break into your vault santa happens to be at the house while they're shooting the place up santa's like fuck i guess i gotta save this fucking family because my and then the reindeer leave him and yeah it's, it's just a fun fucking movie. great summarizing there buddy <laughs> I'm not great at summarizing. We've been over this. All right. Anyway, I'll save this fucking podcast. Okay. So basically, Santa, the parents who are probably in the middle of no, you did good, dude. I'm just giving you shit. Is like Um, go contact Santa, like just to appease her, the kid. Oh, and the kid says, "I want to talk to Santa." Blah 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 blah. And then she like uses her little walkie-talkie, and then Santa happens to steal a walkie-talkie from one of the intruders and is like yeah i guess i'll save you kid i'm definitely the real santa um and she's like i knew you were real and this kid is like clearly like at least 10 and i don't know why but she seems to be written like she's way younger than 10 i got um, the vibe she was like eight i don't know and she's like i <laughs> i was like you're a fucking idiot you're raising an idiot a cute idiot but an idiot um she's like i love santa i'm fully believing in santa claus right now as like people are going through and shooting like automatic guns and blah 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 and they're like let's kill them and she's like santa um (laughs) and santa's like oh fuck this um and then where did you leave off oh yeah so they're like being held hostage the rich family um and this grandma is like fully unrelenting. She's like, fuck it, kill all my people. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, you're not getting my money, bitch. And he's like, I hate you the most, except the one I really hate is Santa Claus. Um, because for fucking some tragic backstory. They give him a tragic backstory where he used to really love Christmas and then his dad became poor. Boo hoo. And then Christmas was ruined because they were poor. And then he accidentally inadvertently caused an old man to fall down some stairs and everyone thinks he pushed him. And Christmas was ruined. You ruined Christmas for me. I'm thinking, John, buddy, you good? Yeah, and then... This is what happens when you star in the live-action Mario movie. You have to ruin Christmas for everyone. What? Yeah, he was the Legion. That movie was amazing. I I actually don't What's this have to do with Mario? John was Yeah, John Okay, cool. What's this have to do with Mario? Whatever. I was making a joke. I've only seen him in the menu, so there we go. Um, And then... The Wait, girl you've never somehow... seen John Leguizamo more than just the menu? Oh, probably. She Maybe. turned, when we were watching Violet Night, she turned to me, she's like, oh, is that the guy from the menu? I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking John Leguizamo. Yeah, sure. 
um and then for some reason the little girl like somehow escapes she like runs out they, they despite the fact they all have guns no one tries to like shoot her and be like pew, pew. um because they clearly don't care if they're killing a little kid but they didn't do it so she runs away and then two of the people go after her and santa's like ho 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 motherfuckers um she does a little like what's that movie called home alone home alone yes home alone shtick where like she sets up all the traps and she's like this is just like home alone guys and she's like he 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 and then she kills them and i don't think she knows she kills them because she's just like yay right like the fucking like the uh the ladder thing that shit made me gag i gagged i had i had to close my fucking eyes i was dying laughing oh i was laughing too i was like fuck this is too much um and then santa gives his whole backstory he was like a celtic i don't know he was i think he was supposed to be viking yeah like pretty much a viking which honestly i fucking love that yeah yeah they gave him black metal santa was the greatest thing ever i the only thing i do wish is that we didn't get the story of how he went from that to being santa yeah look we don't need that I don't feel we I need that. Liked it. Literally, okay. Literally, first of all, I gave this movie four stars on Rot- or not Rotten Tomatoes, Letterbox. Um, I said for a movie called Violent Night, where Santa is basically Rambo, because that's the only reason you're gonna go see this movie is to see Santa be Rambo. Uh, this movie had a lot of charm, and I honestly see it becoming a Christmas classic for some to switch things up from the usual films watched around this time of year. All the characters were great. David Harbour as Santa was wonderful, and I like the bit of a twist they did to his origin. Like I said, Black Metal Santa, that was fucking cool. Like, I like that. Like they showed a little bit of it while hinting at like there. He's definitely been through some shit before he tells you what the shit that he was been through was, because you could tell he didn't want to like hurt people. Right. Uh, and he was just like, I don't want to do this. And then, like, he gets the hair, he's like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> um, um, there was a few references I picked up on from other Christmas films, like Elf. I can't remember exactly what the reference was now, but there was a reference to Elf. A mention, a mention of Die Hard, because when he's, like, going through stuff in his bag or whatever, he goes, Die Hard on Blu-ray and throws it across the room. Um... <laughs> And even a reference to both Silent Night and Deadly Night and its remake, uh, or Silent Night, Deadly Night and its remake. Um, so the reference that it makes, which if you guys don't know, which I'm sure I've talked about on the show before, Silent Night, Deadly Night is a movie, is a horror slasher movie about a dude who dresses up as Santa Claus and goes around and kill, kills people. But right before he does it, he he goes, naughty! And he kills people. Um, so that was the reference that they were making throughout the entire. I, it might not have been like a direct reference, but I took it as one because every time right before he killed someone, he would go, that's naughty. And he would just like beat the shit out of them. Um, and then the reference that they did to the remake, again, not a, probably not a direct reference or anything like that, but I still took it as one. In the Silent Night, Deadly Night remake, which is just called uh, Silent Night, I think. Um, Santa puts a stripper or a porn star or something like that through a wood chipper. 
<laughs> and so when he's in like the shed or whatever and he like strings the lights around the dude's feet and shoots him through this uh yes. the snow chipper or whatever it is i was like all right that's gotta be a little bit of a reference there to that because yeah. like where else? and i'm like 90 percent sure they um if i remember right they said something about taking out the trash or something like that and that could be a reference to silent night deadly night too because there's a scene and i'll have to send it to you guys where the the dude the dude from the so the dude at the end of the first original silent night deadly night gets shot by cops and his brother watches it happen so in the sequel his brother's all grown up and he takes over the killing santa business and at one point he walks up to a guy with a handgun and goes garbage day and like shoots him it's fucking it's like people reference it all the time it's fucking stupid as hell but i'm pretty sure they said something about taking out the trash i was like yeah it could be it could be and obviously you get obviously the movie kind of is very much other than the one mention of it is very much kind of like die hard but also yeah. very much like home alone like lydia said where he's she's setting up the traps and shit like that but I find it, the best thing I thought about it, or the funniest th thing I had with it was the fact that she was setting up the Home Alone traps and all the adults already knew the traps and they thought they were going to get past it. Yeah. Like the, the, like the stepladder thing. Like I, like as soon as that nail came up, everyone was like, oh, and then it went into the dude's mouth. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I'm glad they switched it up on him. And then like the, they did the tar and feathers thing too. They also did um the bowling ball one fucking bowling ball <laughs> <laughs> and then the net i thought that nail was gonna hit that dude in the eye i'm like i thought that shit was kind <laughs> so i said honestly this movie is a mess but i wasn't expecting anything more than rambo santa and i got it so for that i'm happy like it's it's like beast it you you go into watching beast simply to see idris elba fight a lion you go into this movie simply to see santa claus basically become rambo and he did become rambo even to the point of he's sewing himself up after getting shot uh which rambo did in the first movie after falling like through four thousand trees and somehow surviving one reference that you you pointed and it may not be a direct reference but you pointed it out to me John Leguizamo at the end. Christmas dies tonight. I'm pr I like you said. I'm that's gotta be some kind of reference. They're both Universal people. movies, so I'd assume so. Yeah, they did yeah. it as a way to poke fun of themselves. I I don't like it, like I said. It could be like the Silent Night references, where maybe it's not supposed to be a reference, but I picked it up as one. But I just thought it was funny as hell that like he's like Christmas dies tonight. I was like, yeah. And I didn't pick up on it the first time. Well, I watched it again. I was like, that's funny as fuck. They they showed it in one of the trailers, and that was what like sold me on the movie. Like it already had my attention with the uh, Die Hard meets Home Alone thing. But as soon as I hear John Leguizamo say Christmas dies tonight, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see this movie. <laughs> one of my favorite lines is. When he comes, he comes out the shed, and the, the one dude left like Jesus Christ. Nope, just jolly old Saint Nick. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, no, I I didn't know 
anything about this aside from like y'all bringing it up in the group chat until like a couple of days before whenever I saw the preview while I was watching like YouTube or something like that. And I was just immediately sold on it. I was like, I'm going to go see this tonight. And God, what a fucking incredible movie. Like it's exactly what it markets itself yeah. as. It's Die Hard meets Home Alone. And like Brady was saying, the fucking Viking Santa Claus was just amazing. I loved that. I loved that they gave him a backstory. I was like, yep. that's fucking awesome. And a Warhammer. I'm just like, hell yeah. Skull Crusher. <laughs> I loved when like the reindeer finally showed up and Skull Crusher was in the bag. And the little girl was like, Skull Crusher! <laughs> like, she was happy as hell to see it. I was like, oh my god. And her parents were just like, yeah, this is a thing now. Yep. <laughs> I, I love this movie. Like, it's i mean it's nothing you know amazing or anything like that but it's it's definitely entertaining it's definitely going to be a a christmas movie for me from now on yeah i'm definitely gonna go see it a third time i i love the hell out of this i'm off the next two days maybe i'll go see it again i'm sure it'll be on peacock soon too because yeah probably i don't know it was it was fun as hell and it wasn't very long either no it's like an hour and a half Hour and change. It's 112 minutes ish. Yeah, I did see a review on Letterbox for this. Um, this person said, "So this is the best movie I've ever seen. It's Citizen Candy Cane." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's 200 proof Christmas spirits. It slays all the competition. High octane, jolly old saint, ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> well, um. That the candy cane comment reminds me, it's him like sucking on the candy cane and stabbing the dude. With, I loved that because I did that shit all the time as a kid. I would literally suck on the candy cane to it with like a knife, and I I would walk around. I thought that was the coolest shit. Yep, <laughs> it's a knife. Everybody did that. Yeah, yeah everyone did that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing you little psychopaths. Jesus, <laughs> there was like a no sleep Reddit story about that with santa oh god you're punishing the pedophiles hell yeah cool <laughs> something i have to censor now yeah i was just about to say i cut that out thanks lydia welcome we don't we don't talk about that r word here because it's usually not something good when you bring it up <laughs> so i read oh, on okay. reddit yeah. <laughs> i was like tyler's, like, <laughs> tyler's gears are turning yeah I was like, she said pedophile. <laughs> What's the R word? Yeah, we got to censor that too. <laughs> the end of this episode is going to be one long bleep. I just like to you say, say that every episode you're on. What was that, Lydia? You have said that before. On the pod? No, we haven't. You said it in the beginning when we were talking about Ezra Miller. <laughs> yeah, that was before we started recording. Was it? Yeah, I hadn't recorded yet oh. when I was yelling about <laughs> I Ezra wish Miller. we got that on uh, record. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was a great rant. So, what would you? How many stars out of five would you give it, Tyler? Five. What, what about you? Five. What about her? As a movie, a four. As a Christmas movie, a five. What's okay. the difference? One's a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah like if you're regular. watching it specifically, like I want to see a Christmas movie. Yeah, that would be an automatic go-to. If you're like, I just want to see a movie. Like, you know. Yeah, this is definitely an instant holiday classic for me. Yep. I got nothing else to talk about. 
Yeah. Oh, ho, ho. By the way, this is our Christmas episode. Oh, it's not. It's is it? It's not? Nope. No. nope. Then, then why are we talking about Christmas movies then? Because we're talking, oh my Christmas God. Just to talk about? It's, it's a month thing. Oh, no. You know what? I'm canceling all future episodes now. Cole, Cole and Sleepy Boy over here. They've done they've done me in. I'm glad I'm not the only one at fault here. No, Thank you're the God. one at fault. Finally. Normally I'm though. Sherlock's. <laughs> no, I'm not upset. I'm not upset at all. I'm actually glad Cole showed up for an episode. Yeah. I was excited for this. This was a fun one. Oh, because he actually wants to watch the movies for once. No. <laughs> okay. They're, 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 they're childish enough for him. Yeah. The one you said had no deeper meaning. The menu doesn't have a deeper meaning. We'll talk about that later. No, she's on here now. What do you think the deeper yeah. meaning is? That's the issue. I can't tell what it she is. She thinks there's a deeper meaning. So if you can't tell what it is, then it doesn't have a deeper meaning. What the no, fuck? No, no, because the whole, the whole thing about like, art the world of art is that there's always a deeper meaning but you just can't decipher because all of us are fucking plebs so i'm like there's they literally be- tell you what the meaning is in the fucking god damn it there is no layers they literally tell you what the fucking meaning is in the movie I just I get the feeling that there's something else. There I mean, isn't it's not the obvious ones where it's like I've been trying to explain to her for weeks basic. that there's nothing. I don't know, man. When your when your argument on the fact that there's a deeper meaning is I don't know what the deeper meaning is. There's no deeper meaning. I feel like there's got to be something. It's like it's like the first three times when I watched Everything Everywhere, I was like I don't get it, and then it finally like slowly dawned on me by the time I watched it for the fifth time. Are you gonna elaborate what it was? something something nihilism that's what i got out of it yeah not, so not even a full thought just words yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i i don't accept that as an answer you see I, what I, I have to deal with everything matters but nothing you matters. see what i have to deal with cole you yeah i'm a handful all right well for moviecation i'm brady i'm tyler i'm cole Lydia. This is probably the worst episode ever. Bye. Bye. You know Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall, what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on!